Welcome to Mission Revive, a podcast dedicated to hope and healing through God's transforming love. We're your hosts, anchored in truth and armed with faith, are changing the world and reviving hearts with Jesus, one conversation at a time. Hi, I'm Bob Newberry, and I want to welcome you to this newest episode of Mission Revive podcast. I'm on the board of directors of Revive Hope and Healing Ministries, uh, a tremendous ministry here in uh, Diocese of Syracuse, Central New York. And, and tonight's episode is, uh, uh, well, it's just a topic I've been thinking about for a number of years now and, and look forward to uh, exploring it. Um, but uh, along with me tonight is really the, uh, the founder of Revive Hope and Healing Ministries. And uh, is she here? I'm here. Hello. Yes. This, yes. Is, this is Ann Costa, the awesome Ann Costa. Awesome okay. Ann Costa. Wow. Yes. Oh, my yes. goodness. <laughs> I can't think of anything to go with Bob, the B with Bob. I want to say boisterous, but that doesn't sound. Well, and, anyway. uh, yeah, that fits. That fits. All right. Well, uh, yes, I've known Sharon for a very long time, too. This is one of the benefits of being able to um, have this podcast is to bring on people that you know who have been working, you know, basically in the trenches, doing God's work for many, many years. And it's just a blessing to have her. But let me tell you a little bit more about Sharon. She worked for the Catholic Diocese of Syracuse for many years as the chastity and theology of the body. Uh, educator, and she's given many talks to youth and adults in Catholic schools and in our parishes, try to guide parents, and we'll talk a lot about that and all the questions that they have about how to raise their kids Catholic. She received a bachelor's degree in psychology from Stony Brook University and a master's degree in education from Syracuse University, and she is a graduate of the Theology of the Body Institute, which we'll want to know a lot about. Um, she's completing the certificate program through the Institute, and this summer, she will be piloting a course for parents of young children, and we know that the other side of, the, of, of, our, of, our, of our mission here, the people are starting very young with a different message that we wouldn't want to have them here, so I'm so glad that Sharon is doing this work. She's been married to her husband, Jack, for 21 years, and they do live in the central New York area, so Sharon, come right on in and join us great hi hi Bob. Hey, Sharon welcome 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 thank you it's good to be here yes you know I met uh uh I think you know this and I I met Sharon uh pre-COVID you know I, I I'm affiliated with the St. Agatha's Parish in Canastota New York and we had a lecture series and and Sharon came in to uh, talk about theology of the body and and it was uh it was great and I, I found her I found you to be sharing uh, um, inspirational, informative, um, a great listener, and I think you're per you're perfect for this uh, this session here tonight. But okay. um, I want I wondered can I can I throw out the first question, Ann? Please. I, I wonder. Um, tell us what the theology of the body is. Okay, where did it come from? What is it? Um, Ready, go. Okay. It's um, a mouthful, it's, isn't it? Yes. 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 Um, well, the theology of the body is from uh, John Paul II. 
And as you know, John Paul II is a Catholic Pope and he lived between like 1920 to I think 2005. And he was canonized as saint by the Catholic Church, I think in 2014. And during his life, he wrote extensively about love and marriage and the family. And I think, and a lot of people would agree with me that one of the most important teachings that he wrote about was theology of the body. Um, before, just to give a little background about it, uh, before he became a Pope, he was working on the manuscript of a book and then he was elected Pope. So he used the content from the manuscript and he put together 129 talks, which are like, you know, the Pope gives audiences in Rome. Right. And he presented these talks on Wednesday through over the course of about five years, I think it was between 1979 and, and uh, 1984. And um, they eventually those talks were put into a book and I have this big thick book so you can see the audiences and the talks are quite extensive. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man and woman, he created them. Um, a theology of the body and the book is sort of set up I mean you can get other smaller versions of theology of the body but this is really the nuts and bolts of his his audiences and the dates that he gave the audiences um I was trying to think before coming on what are two words that would explain what his theology of the body was and I think the most important words that jump out at me is he really was talking about what authentic love is And he was also talking about um, what it means to be a gift, a sincere gift to others. And so some of the things that uh, he wrote about in Theology of the Body was, um, what does it mean to be a human person? And what is the meaning of our body as God created us as male and female? And um, how are we created to be a gift for others? Um, And what was God's original plan for human love and marriage and sexuality and so much more? So, um, so what he did is, is he looked at this and he started off by opening up scripture, the Bible. And he was starting off right at the very beginning because what he wanted to do was to give us what he called a total vision of man. So in order for us to really understand who we are as a person, we, it would be helpful for us to look at the origin, our origin as, as humankind. You know, what was it like? What was God's plan at the very beginning? And we can see that in Genesis in the Bible. And then he's, he looked at um, our history after original sin, when Adam and Eve committed that sin against God and turned away from God. So we're in that period, which he calls um, historical man. And then, and then finally, he looks at the resurrection, um, the end time, and our final union with God in heaven. And the reason why he wanted us to get this big picture was because somehow knowing this big picture, it would help us to figure out how to live our lives now and how to deal with a lot of the issues I'm sure that we're all familiar with in our culture and what would make us happy as a human person. So it, he covers so much in the theology of the body. And um, the main thing too is not only does he talk about love, but he also talks about hope. We have hope all the time and we should we know that we have hope in everything that happens in our lives. So one of the things that he also uh, begins with is the fact that he was concerned that um, our culture focuses not on the whole person. Um, that There's like a split between the person and their body. And as we, we know from our Catholic faith, um, the person is a unity of body and soul. Mm-hmm. 
And we believe that our soul was given to us by God at the moment of our conception. And so we're not what you could think of as a, a body or a soul trapped in a body. We're not a soul trapped in a body. We are a unity of body and soul. And so our body is very, very good and very, very important because it, it reveals our spirit or our soul. But John Paul II goes even further than that. He says that our body is so good that it's also capable of revealing divine love. That's what we're meant to be doing also in our life. It's not only revealing ourselves, but also divine love. So, so what he's doing in this big picture is he's starting off and he's with that concern in mind because there's been this sort of split um, about what people think of their bodies, you know, and what they think of the dignity of the person. And he says, well, what was God's plan at the very beginning? What was God's intention for us as human beings? And um, so he uses the words of Christ. He actually opens scripture and he looks at what Jesus is saying. And Jesus even says um, when he was talking um, in the Bible about marriage and the indissolubility of marriage, he says, what was it like in the beginning? And so he refers back to scripture and says, this is God's original plan um, that we were created male and female and that um, the two become one um, a fatherly or husband leaves his father and mother and clings to his wife and the two become one. So he looks at all that beauty in the beginning and says, this is what it was like in the beginning with God, that unity between Adam and Eve and God and that harmony within their own relationship. And so we get a perspective about what it was in the very beginning. So we can look at and compare it to what our lives are now and learn from that. And not that we can all go back to that harmony <laughs> as it was in the beginning, but we can strive for it and it's possible with God's grace. So that's just a little nutshell at the very beginning of what he talks about in the first part of the theology of the body. That's great. That's great. I, uh, you want me to keep rolling in? Yeah, go ahead. Well, uh, gosh, you know, uh, everything that you said sounds so wonderful and beautiful, but, uh, the implications of what you just went through in five or 10 minutes um, just challenges so much of what's around us today. Um, for, for example, you know, in, in uh, Western civilization, uh, who is a Descartes that, that talks about, I think, therefore I am, um, which is, you know, embraced by many but is very much at odds with what you just described, isn't it? Yeah, I think, um, you know, there is a difference between um, feelings, your own subjective experience of things, your own emotions versus maybe reality. And, and so sometimes people, people, you look at how the Bible says God created us male and female. Our body makeup is, is such, and he created us, to be a gift for each other and the sexual differences in that masculinity and femininity, God's plan was that they would be a gift for each other, a total gift. Yeah. And in their total gift for each other, they're meant to actually image God. They're meant to show us that this is what God's like. Yeah. With their complementarity of femininity, masculinity, this is what God's like. And, and he talks about too, and our Catholic faith says this as well in our catechism, that God is this, uh, is love. And it's actually a communion of persons that give and receive love and that total gift. The father receives, gives himself to the son. Jesus receives all that love from God, the father. 
and gives that love back to God the Father. And the person, that bond between the two is the third person of the, of the Trinity, um, the Holy Spirit. And so it was God's intention that um, man and woman in their love for each other and their total gift for each other, the giving and receiving of each other was meant to be a sign, a reflection of God's own love, that communal love between them. So, and that's sort of beautiful when you think of it, that he meant that to be an image or reflection or mirroring of what, what the Trinity of what God is. Yes. But you're right. Some folks, I don't think until you really um, hear this beautiful teaching of the theology of the body, you're like, and two years, like, then you hear, you're like, whoa, you know, I never thought about relationships like that before. And the significance of um, marriage, you know, sacramental marriage, how it's meant to be. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So can I ask you, Sharon, in your experience, we're talking with Sharon Flanagan, who used to be the diocesan educator, um, theology of the body, the chastity educator in our diocese of Syracuse. In your, in your talks with young people and trying to explain these pretty deep concepts, although they're crystal clear and they're written on our hearts, so they're not really foreign to us. What the culture is, is throwing at us is foreign and odd and and not real, um, but we need to rediscover that truth within us. What What's the response from the young people when you've talked to them about this? Um, there are some programs that the diocese has used, and one is called Theology of the Body for Teens. It's put together by Ascension Press, and, and it's a really awesome program. Um, but what I, And I've used some of that, some of their material and their videos, which are really done beautifully and explaining it. And when um, and I've also incorporated some of the themes of the theology of the body without saying it's theology of the body into my talks. And it, it's, um, I think the, the teens and the young people are just really receptive because John Paul II only was talking about the beauty of truthfulness and honesty. And the kids really resent, you know, they really hear that and say, yeah, I want to be honest and what I do with myself and what I, how I present myself and speak, what John Paul calls the second, calls the, uh, the language of the body. And so honesty for them is, is a big, a big issue. So when they hear that, that theology of the body is, is meant to be something that they incorporate their life in um, being honest, being good and, and looking out for the good of others. You know what I mean? That's what love is all about. Self-giving and wanting to be um, helpful and good towards others. And the also what resounds with them too is theology of the body talks about love versus lust. Mm -hmm. And so explaining what lust is to them, you know, a lot of times they think of the, the maybe the shows on TV where it shows that someone is very passionate, you know, throwing uh -huh. themselves at somebody else. <laughs> yeah. And, but in terms of what we're speaking about lust is lust is um, not looking for the good in others and wanting the good for others, but is taking from them and using them. And mm. they understand that, you know, they understand that, that they see that sometimes in the relationships and they don't want that for part of themselves. So, so that resounds with them too, I think. Oh, that's very hopeful. And yeah. that's really, you know, to be able to give them that counter-cultural message that they don't have to be used, that they do have a choice that they're not completely driven by the whim of the day or their passions or whatever, um, mm -hmm. which the society says they don't have any self-control, right? 
Um, how can you possibly be expected to be have self-control? But we're giving them the bigger picture and 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 the deeper truth than you know, we hear a lot of the young people saying, well, I'm just trying to be the, I'm, I'm, I need my truth. I have to be myself. And that might mean that I'm six genders or something. Well, the, the, the desire and the deepest part of their hearts is right. They, they want to know their true selves. They want to be authentic, but they're be, being fed a wrong answer to that. But we, this is the answer. This is the truth of who they are. And being able to share that with them, I would imagine it must be very freeing for them. It must be, it's so important, I think. Yes, yes. Um, uh, and John Paul II also talks about Eros and you're talking about that desire in their heart, mm -hmm. that God has put that desire in our hearts for um, tr what's true and what's good and what's beautiful. And young people want that too. And when we, when we open ourselves to that, what's true and beautiful and good, um, it's actually we're reaching for God, you know, and and if and, and it sort of leads us also to be open to others, you know, wanting their good. Mm -hmm. I, I have uh, three adult children who uh, are raising beginning, you know, to raise their children at, at different different ages. But my uh, that that in addition to talking to parents and uh, in, in other aspects of my life, I get the, I, I get the feeling that parents are under assault in terms of how best to guide their, their children on, on matters of love and responsibility and relationships and so forth. And in fact, I've, I've um, actually heard of uh, a pastor shared this with me where that uh, he had heard that uh, uh, a prisoner, a parent, was almost uh, bragging about uh, the fact that uh, their child is uh, is considering uh, um, uh, changing their their gender uh, identity and and uh, and saw that as a reflection that from the parents' point of view of of being open minded and listening and supportive of their child. Um, any any thoughts or comments about uh, about that for for uh, for young parents as they are, are raising their children? Um, that's sort of a really sensitive topic, you know. That maybe I want to address a little, you know, maybe at another time. Uh, get okay. into a little more, but but you're right. There is some. It is an issue right now, and has been for quite a while. That that um, there's confusion that that children might be experiencing because either they hear it you know, from others that they're going through something like that. They, maybe it's being taught in the schools and that it's okay to be considering that you're, that God didn't create you as a girl, body and soul, that you can have the option of being a boy. So all I can think of, it's very confusing, not only for the children, but for the parents to be able to understand how to cope with these issues, because it's so new. Yeah. And, and, um, and there's, all I can say is there's a really good, a curriculum that um, is based totally on theology of the body that that reinforces the kinds of things that I've been mentioning to you about um, God created you, you know, and He created you with cooperation from your parents, obviously, and and He created you and He knew you before you were born, and He thought of you as somebody unique and unrepeatable. That's something John Paul II emphasizes. Every person is unique and unrepeatable. 
and um, and that you're good and your body is good. That's one thing that I first found out when I started teaching the young kids is that, oh no, this is dirty, what you're talking about. You know, and I'm like, oh boy, where did they get that idea? <laughs> so reinforcing to them that they're good, that they were a gift to their parents and they're a gift to each other. And when they, you tell them that, their eyes just light up. And this yes. curriculum, this rural woods curriculum starts off in um, kindergarten and it goes right through high school. And, uh, and it just, and, and it gets into even theology of the body, but it puts it down in a simple way so that children are un understand all these concepts, you know, um, and most most emphatically learn that, that idea that they're meant to love others and to be a gift for others. So showing acts of kindness, you know, how do they show acts of kindness to their, their peers in school, like opening the door and, and the teacher also would acknowledge them and what they're doing is good and you're being a gift. Mm -hmm. And schools that have, have um, uh, dioceses around the, the uh, country who have been starting to use the rural woods curriculum see changes in the classroom, you know, uh, less disciplinary problems, because all of a sudden you're encouraging and supporting the goodness in each child. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. How would uh, uh, um, a parent learn more about what you're, uh, what you're describing? Uh, about theology of the body, first of all. Yes. Yes. Um, I anticipated you might want to ask that question, so I bought. Um, this is one of the books that's really good that a parent can can look at. It's put out by Tobit, T O B E T, which is an abbreviation for Theology of the Body Evangelization Team. And this particular um, series is called The Body Matters. And it starts off in kindergarten and there's two books per grade level and goes all the way up, I believe to eighth grade. And this particular book is called The Body is Good. So a parent can, without any uh, you know, training or teaching or learning and theology by themselves, they can learn with their child as they're reading these little storybooks and beautiful illustrated pictures. And each um, book talks about you know, a different concept. Like in grade three, it talks about the body is God's design. And and in grade beautiful, in grade seven, it talks about our bodies are made male and female. Yes, and what grade is that? This one is level seven. See, I think you know, <laughs> you know, it's it's almost like we got to push it back and and uh, you know before that because kids are as, as young as eight being encouraged to 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 be doing some things strange to their to their bodies, but. Is this a curriculum that parents can buy or? Yeah, they can okay. actually go right up online on Tobit and, and actually if they have a child in kindergarten okay. and it really is just two books per, per uh, grade level. And, okay. and if they really wanted it to, to be, I know there's some folks that homeschool their children. Mm -hmm. um, you, they can even get a little lesson that goes with it, you know, so they, they want to get into a little bit deeper, but they do. And they do start at the younger grades talking about you know, God's the Good. family, you know, and God's plan for the family. And it's very, very beautiful. And it's the, it's very, it's this very simple way to, to learn some of the concepts of theology of the body so that the kids can actually grow from that, you know, and go deeper. That's and so so when they're adults, they can read this book. <laughs> yes. Yes. So you know, our, our, our pastor last week, um, or on Holy Trinity Sunday, 
did exactly that. He talked about the Holy Trinity and the family, right? Mm -hmm. And in terms of this, this, this distinction of human, of persons, right? Mm -hmm. Of course, the, the uh, Trinity is three persons, three divine persons, but a family is often made up of distinct persons, right? And, and we would never say that a mother could be a father, right? Because a father is a father and a mother is a mother. We could never say that a father could be a mother, right? But we're right. saying that a man, a boy could be a girl or a girl could be a boy. And, and he talked about how, how, how that those distinctions are God ordained. And you just said that you just said that the, and if these kids are getting that from the very beginning, yeah. it'll just be a part of them. And then when, when they hear this stuff, other that that's contrary to what our, our faith teaches and what's good for them and their souls, um, it, it won't, it'll, it won't, they'll, they'll be not, they'll have already been formed in a way that that doesn't make, make sense to them. So yeah. when, when our, when our faith says our parents are the first teachers of the faith they're the first teachers of everything about who they are and who God created. And I love that you, you, you have these tools and I assume that the course that you're going to be teaching will also be a part of that preparing parents. Is that <laughs> Um, it's part of the certification program requirement. And um, a good friend of mine um, suggested that I do it because he has a couple of children um, and he wanted to them, he wanted them to learn what it means to love and to be self-giving. And also because he started to, to hear some of the things that, you know, his children were sharing with him about what the kids, their friends were saying to them, you know, and and so as a concerned parent, he said, you know, that would be a great idea for you, Sharon, why don't you go ahead and do that? So I, said, <laughs> so I really got into it and I made eight lessons. So, uh, um, but it is, it starts off, I start off talking about, you know, what is love? And, and first of all, what are the challenges of parents nowadays, you know? Um, and, you know, and then I gradually get in little, to, little by little going through the theology of the body, as I mentioned earlier about how. John Paul goes back to the beginning. So, mm -hmm. you know, so they get, the parents get a little bit of foundation too, maybe even a reminder yes. of what they learned when they were growing up, but maybe yeah. when I open this up, I learned a lot more, you know, and it's the insights are so beautiful, but because the Pope used so much of scripture, uh, when I first opened up this book, Man and Woman, he created them, all I kept thinking was, this is so beautiful. Who else knows about it? And that's another resource I wanted to tell you about the Theology of the Body Institute, when I Googled um, Theology of the Body, it came up with the Institute. Mm -hmm. And um, that's where it, parents and, and single people and religious people have gone, like myself, to take courses, uh, week-long courses in a beautiful setting in Pennsylvania. And they really dived into it. As a matter of fact, the first course is called Head and Heart Immersion. Mm. Because even though John Paul II shares a lot of philosophy and religion in it. Um, it's not meant to just keep us all up here with all these thoughts and concepts and trying to remember and use them, but it's meant to change our heart in a way that we grow closer to God, you know, and that's beautiful. Yeah. And that's, that's the whole, and healing and in these courses too, uh, people come through uh, healed you know, things that have been on their hearts for a long, long time. Um, just, having exposure to this it's just beautiful mm -hmm. so um it's very well done. it's very powerful it really is you know it uh i i've noticed that john paul uses the uh, the concept of an anthropology of 
of the, the human being, I think, in describing theology of the body. And, and as, as you so well described um, some of the teachings, it seems to me that what's been absent for um, increasingly for parents raising their children is a lack of a frame of reference of what's healthy and holy, um, lack of an anthropology of, of the human person rooted in, in our faith, huh? And, and what you, the theology of the body offers is that frame of reference, that anthropology that, mm -hmm. that allows somebody to, to, to be able to respond to a, a question or a concern in a, in a reasonable, wide, a wise and, and faith, faith-based way, you know? Absolutely. Yes, um, yeah. Sharon, you're awesome. You oh. know, uh, uh, you know, we've talked, uh, we've talked about you coming back from time to time on this podcast and, and uh, continuing to explore some of the, some of the theology, the body concepts and ideas. And, and uh, I, I gather you're receptive and open to that. Oh, I'd be happy to. Yes. That, that's tremendous. Are 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 you looking for participants in your uh, um, in your uh, eight session uh, uh, program? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I um, I'm just starting to put together a little um, uh, flyer that I can send out to you, and it'll be online um, through Zoom. Uh, I asked a couple of my coworkers, you know, who are moms and with little kids, you know, what would be the best time and, and way to do it. And because, you know, family commitments and, and other things and distances around the diocese and that um, they said the best thing to do is Zoom. So that's what I'll probably do. And I'm looking at the end of, of July, the last Thursday in July to begin with. Tremendous. And so I, I expect it'll probably run between like 6.30 to 8 p.m., an hour and a half, give or take okay. that. Okay. And I'm hoping to, you know, sort of, um, it'd be not just a, a PowerPoint, but I'm hoping to have interaction and a sharing between parents. So I'm not the only one that, that you know, has the, something to offer. You know, parents have a lot to offer each other and what works and what doesn't work and, and ways that, that they can um, grow in their faith, you know, grow in theology of the body. So, so I'm excited about it. <laughs> we are too. What What would be the contact? How would they... How would they know how to, do you have a, a link? I mean, how do we get in touch with you so that they can be on? Is there um, a web page, a, a Zoom, a Facebook page or? Um, I don't, I don't have anything set up like that, but I do have my, my web or my email address. They can okay, great. Can you give that to us? Yes. It's uh, S for Sharon. S, my last name is Flanagan, F-L-A-N-A-G-A-N -A -A uh -huh. at T-W- cny.rr.com. Great. Okay. So we'll put that in our notes so that anybody that tunes oh. into this podcast will have access to that oh. and they can get in touch with you with any questions or follow-up that they might have, or just hook up uh, at the end of July with you and start learning about this wonderful, beautiful topic that is oh, so practical you. and needed right now for every, Excellent. every Excellent. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Wonderful. Outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, uh, I think we've, uh, uh, maxed out Sharon for this evening and, yes. uh, um, but you know, the <laughs> clock is, you can never do that. <laughs> well, you know, in, in closing, I, I so appreciate your enthusiasm and your, your passionate investment in what you're doing. 
you know. Oh, you're welcome. Um, it, it's it's only matched by the quality of uh, of what you have to offer. So, um, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. It's been okay. an honor for me to be here. Thank you. Okay. Yes. Okay. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Right. God bless. Bye bye. Good night. Bye bye. Bye We are grateful that you joined us today for another episode of the Mission Revive podcast. We humbly ask for your prayers as we continue in the mission entrusted to us to evangelize and revive hearts with Jesus. We would also ask that you prayerfully consider becoming a sponsor of this podcast or making a financial contribution to support this growing ministry. You can do this by visiting our website at revivehopeandhealing.com or through our Revive Hope and Healing Ministries Patreon page. We cannot do this without you. Thank you.